Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Salutations and welcome to yet another edition of TV Talk here on theworkprint.com, available obviously on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, the ever-inimitable Robert J. Kajewski, and I'm flanked by my co-host, Norton. And today, yet again, for the fifth time, we are reviewing Kevin Can Fuck Himself on AMC, this episode being titled The Unreliable Narrator which could technically mean anything. I didn't know the name of it going in. Usually I check the names of these episodes going in, so I sort of have an inkling of what it will be about. And usually, at least uh, up until this point, they haven't disappointed. It kind of made sense. Now, uh, Yeah, this one was sort of... A little different. Like it didn't really work, only because... Yeah. I feel like the only reason they used it is because it's it's one of those, like trope stories Mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of women like mystery movies are about yeah it's like you know that whole what is it like the woman on the train Mm -hmm. is one of them yeah i mean woman on yeah well i like those i mean a lot of people like them they're very popular uh well yeah i mean the books are bestsellers but anyway i'm saying in the context of what happens in the show it doesn't really make any sense no i agree with that but um in this sense we start off with kevin and uh, we don't usually start off with Kevin, or a lot of times we don't start off with Kevin. But obviously, he's reading the paper. He's a so, little pissed because, yeah, uh, obviously, the piece that was done on him he considers to be a hit piece only because the reporter that knew Allison from back in the day, I would think back in high school, yep, um, made it more about Allison. Or at the very least included her at all, which yeah. I'm sure Kevin would consider a slight no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do see uh, an appearance at the very beginning from the lady with the bray. Uh, I forget her name, though. Lorraine? Lorraine, yeah. Yeah. Because Diane is the only other woman outside of Patty yes. and Allison that I know and Tammy. Lorraine is the one with the laugh, the terrible laugh. Yeah. Um, and because it's Kevin's scene and whatnot... Still have the laugh track, and you have, I guess, what would be considered in comedy land uh, a funny sight gag where Lorraine apparently is about to shower with Pete, Kevin's father, but she takes her uh, hearing aid out at first. And so I could see this happening in just a normal sitcom where he just, because of her laugh and whatnot, uh, he just dumps it in the tea or whatever liquid that he has. Now, in actual, co- like in actual real life, that's pretty mean spirited. That's the I thing. I mean, in any context, that's mean spirited. Yeah, but I could see that more Again, in, in, in an of actual the show comedy. Is to, of to course, highlight the fact that a lot of the things that, especially male characters, do in sitcoms is just really mean for mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, this episode, if anything, kind of made me realize that. Maybe the the mechanic of the sitcom is used as a way to highlight the toxic masculinity that is what Kevin exemplifies. And in a weird that. way, the reason why Allison's mother has it in her flashback in the other episode 
is because she also has a kind of toxic masculinity about her. Yeah. You know, she has this sort of old school idea of like, this is what you do in life. You just mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, you're just an asshole and it's cool and everyone's everyone finds you hilarious. Yeah. And I think when Allison comes around genuinely toxic people, mm-hmm. that's how she sees them. But it's weird. I was reading an article on that other episode mm. and they were talking about how like, oh, well, maybe the, the sitcom is her defense mechanism. Like that's how she deals with them. Mm. But I'm like, the only reason that doesn't work for me is because the sitcom thing happens when she's not around. Yeah. Like it, it pretty much seems to center around Kevin. Mm-hmm. And you would assume by vicarious extension, it would happen to her, like anyone around her mom the same way. Yeah. Like her mother would be that brash, narcissistic, mm-hmm. toxic personality. Yeah. So I think anyone in the show who has a genuinely narcissistic, toxic personality is going to have that effect on people. Of course. Like they sort of pull them into this glamorous ideal mm-hmm. of the world. But in reality, it's very cruel. Yeah. Again, the people like that, narcissists especially, are very solipsistic, which means, of course, the world's going to revolve around them, even if that's a sitcom world. Yes. So I'm sure, by extension, what you're saying is that if Allison's mom had her own show, then it would probably include her name in it. Because, again, it's very self-centric. Exactly. Like, we do know that the sitcom angle of the show is centered around kevin mm-hmm. specifically kevin yeah it really has nothing to do with allison no and so the best way to imagine it is that this is kevin's view of the world mm-hmm. this is people like kevin's view of the yeah. world where it's like they can do no wrong mm-hmm. everything they do is seen as harmless you know narcissists are often like that where it's like you know if you accuse like this episode goes pretty nicely because at some point at the towards the end of the episode uh we get to kevin kind of almost needing to face consequences of his actions which is refreshing because i mean as much as uh we can get to allison now being more confident and comfortable with saying backhanded things to kevin and sometimes not even backhanded just straightforward honest she's definitely uh she's decided like fuck it i'm good Mm -hmm. now we have somebody else who's not her sort of bringing it up to kevin's attention and making him basically offering him a plate of his own shit but before we get to that uh, we also check in with tammy and patty now last episode we saw that tammy obviously kind of knows something's up with patty yes tammy reviewed the footage from vermont activities discovered the crime that Mm -hmm. patty and uh allison committed or the very least that it shows tammy or not tammy it shows patty Patty. committing yeah so tammy already knows that patty's in some kind of weird shady shit Mm. but she hasn't necessarily you know like we we find out that she hasn't talked to patty since her birthday so we know it's been a little bit Mm -hmm. um and we find out that like patty goes to tammy's house and is kind of like well what the fuck Mm -hmm. because you know she's She's one of those people that I don't think she likes being, or at least at this point, since Allison has pulled her out of the sitcom haze, she doesn't like living in that sort of fake reality of like, oh, I'll just wait until, you know, my prince comes or princess in this case. Yeah. And she's like, no, I want to get some real answers. I want to at least face up to whatever this is. So she goes to Tammy. She confronts her. And Tammy kind of brings her into the house. And, and you, at first you think she's setting up to tell her like, hey, I saw the Vermont footage blah 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 you want to explain something and then it turns out no tammy drops the whole will you move in with me bomb Mm -hmm. which is a terrible idea 
because yeah. again this is one of those classic tropes of television shows um regardless of whether they're sitcom dramedy anything else uh of the person who loves the other person finds out they have either a flaw or maybe finds out that they themselves have a flaw that they don't want to deal with yeah. there's some situation they don't want to deal with so they decide let's move in and it'll solve all our problems yeah and i mean granted that also seems like a trope with the lgbtq community or uh, it, it like a running joke or a trope but i mean i've heard it from some of my lesbian friends of it there is a veracity to the whole thing of moving in very very yes. quickly yeah. together i watch uh, seth meyers most nights and whenever he does whenever he has his um one writer mm. i really want to say her name is judy or julie i feel bad i don't remember her name but she is a lesbian mm. and she has made numerous jokes about that mm -hmm. where it's like oh like what's a second date to a lesbian and it's yeah. like buying a condo yeah <laughs> like, so i mean there is some truth to that um but obviously i believe there's a bit more to Tammy's intention. Yes. It could be surveilling. Uh, it Maybe not. Or it could be one of those things if um, you want to look at it a different way. It could be maybe she wants as much, if she really likes Patty that much and she wants to be with her, maybe she's trying to keep eyes on her, not necessarily for surveilling purposes, but to keep her out of trouble. Maybe she knows that Patty might be prone to, especially when it comes to Allison, certain things that might not be the best look on her. So maybe it's somebody who's trying, in a sense, to protect her. I don't be. know exactly, and we haven't found out the intention behind it just yet. No. Uh, I mean, I, I think with Tammy, it's one of those situations, like I said, where it's like I think she just doesn't want to face the reality of mm -hmm. what she knows to be true about Patty, especially yeah. with relation to Allison and her mm -hmm. relationship to Allison. So I think having Patty move in kind of is a, is a means for her to control this situation yeah. as best she can and to sort of, again, bury herself in anything that moving in would provide, like the nesting process. Perhaps yeah. you'll have, you know, your moving in honeymoon period. You might get into your first fights. All those good things mm. are perfectly good distractions to the idea that perhaps the girl you love turns out to be a murderer. Yeah, no, that's or true. Or manslaughterer, depending on how you look at the situation. Yeah. But anyway. But we also, a little ways down the line, catch up with Sam. Yes. Because uh, Allison does want to, I should turn that off. She does want to, um, she does want to thank Sam for the connection. And she did... Uh, briefly mentioned that uh, for this process to go through, she just needs $100, which he automatically assumes she's asking for because at this point he's used to her asking a lot of stuff of well, people. it does seem to be one of those weird situations where I think they're pointing out a very good misunderstanding that tends to happen between people, which is Allison, you know, again, it's one of those, this is a very, like, feminist show in a funny way mm -hmm. and i think it's one of those things where men have a tendency to get very aggravated with women because they feel like women always feel like you know men owe them stuff and it's like all she did was say she needed a hundred dollars she never yeah. said i need a hundred dollars from you she never yeah. said can you give me a hundred dollars mm -hmm. he just assumed that she wanted it mm -hmm. so in a weird way it's almost kind of a nice little and it's a very brief interaction it's a very it brief is. uh 
you know, conversation, but it is a nice highlight to that idea of like the, the weird sort of assumptions that people make and how they have this negative connotation on the relationship. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, it's just one of those things where I think it was also brief because if what you say behind the scenes is correct and they didn't show Sam as much Raymond Lee's character because he's now currently on or will be on Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. He is currently on Quantum Leap. Did it start already? Yep. Okay. Started Monday. Okay. But, um, I mean, if he didn't have that much time to film, but they still want to wrap things up, tie ends up, then they'll give him a very... They'll throw him a scene here and there. But the funny thing is, with this episode especially, and we'll see why in a moment, he, he's he been in this actually more than I've seen him in this whole... This episode, this whole season. Whole series, uh, honestly. Like, uh, well, this last, is a pretty big Sam episode. Last season, I think... I mean, we did see him a bit more, at least in the beginning when they introduced him. I and... mean, last season it was funny because his his main existence on the show was Allison's booty call, really. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, he existed to give her a bit more of a backstory mm-hmm. and to give her a romantic outlet Yeah. for her sadness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he had all his stuff with his wife come up and that was it. And then we didn't really see him again. And this season, it's, you know, he hasn't really shown up until the last episode when he was kind of like, he finds out she's trying to fake her own death, so he comes to help her out. Mm-hmm. And he sort of kind of wants to just give her the key and be like, I don't want anything more to do with this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know about this. And she confronts him in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, she basically just wants to make sure that he's not going to tell anybody yeah. about her plan. And he's like, no. He's like, I have no intention. Yeah. Uh, and then, late. oh, so during this interaction, they mm-hmm. we cut to... I believe it's Diane and yeah. what's his face? Neil. Neil. Yeah. Uh, so Neil. He's Diane, just buying booze. Yeah. Diane is at the liquor store selling booze. Uh, this one guy comes in and basically comments on the fact that she returned to her cheating husband, trying to comfort her <clears throat> in the most toxic way of saying, well, you know, men cheat. That's just how it is. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. And Neil, you know. Yeah, he kind of scares been, him off. Yeah. I mean, again, Neil has been awakened to the toxicity around him Mm. and now he's not really tolerating it anymore the way he used to so in instances previous where he would have seen somebody insult a woman or perhaps you know threaten her or something Mm. like that now he's more prone to standing up for them so for diane he does he kind of interjects a bit and scares the guy off and he leaves and then you know diane thanks him by giving a discount on booze she discounts his uh, beer which he takes advantage of. But, I mean, it seems as though since last episode, when uh, him and Diane share, like, some booze just in each other's company, I kind of thought something would sort of be maybe going on between them because it seems as though at that point, at that juncture in the episode, they're both sad sacks, and nobody's sad likes drinking alone. I mean, contrary to maybe other people's belief, no, I mean, misery loves company. So I thought from that point on, there would be something going on. And with her giving him a discount, it's subtle. But one, I think, could easily see, all right, maybe maybe she has something for him. I mean, maybe it is just because, again, she's that sad in her life that, I mean, she could use maybe somebody comforting. 
So previous in the previous episode, I did mention about the fact that Allison exhibits a lot of the tells of learned helplessness. Mm. Uh, you know, the whole series is basically about her trying to overcome this. Yeah. Diane is a great proxy to what Allison was before she kind of wakes up and decides she doesn't want to take it anymore. Yeah. Because Diane at least tries, and even though she fails and she comes back, she is in that state of learned helplessness where she kind of doesn't, she has that low self-esteem of like, you know, I don't deserve any better and no one will ever love mm -hmm. me. And even though Neil is making very clear advances on her, she doesn't want to like believe that it's possible. Mm -hmm. So she's very guarded around him in a, in a weird way, but she yeah. does, you know, invite him in, in, the, in her own way, like, you know, giving him the discount on the booze. Uh, it's during this scene uh, that the power goes out for them. Mm. And Neil, uh, right previous to this, Neil invites her to have like a beer with him. Yeah. And yeah. then the power goes out. Yeah, that's right. Because um, first of all, I guess he doesn't really care. But I mean, it's illegal to drink in, an out in a liquor store, which is funny because, again, as I told Norton, it's not illegal to eat in a supermarket as long as you pay for it. As far as I know, there's no law that says anything against it. I, I mean, mean, as long as you just pay for isn't it. Isn't that how people have, like, grazing, though? Like, isn't that the problem? That is the problem. But, I mean, it's it's a weird thing. I, I know that as a kid, like, I used to, my mother would allow me or my, my brother to maybe have something as long as, I mean, she'll show the empty package, but she'll say, like, they just were hungry. And obviously, little kids want to. Yeah, like Eat. as long as she buys whatever yeah. it is you ate. I'm talking about the people who go to like, you know, when they used to have the buffets there and the salad bars. Uh, or yeah. even like the fruit. You can go and like kind of graze a grape or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that getting is, back to yeah. the point. But so, uh, yeah, that starts that blackout. That blackout. That blackout. We have we Patty see. at home. The yeah. blackout. And then we have finally the Allison and... Diner or the cafe or whatever. Sam. Sam. And their, their blackout. blackout leads to the second half of the episode, or mm -hmm. at least the second half of the sitcom episode, yeah. which is Kevin coming in and deciding that he wants to use Sam's diner as their shelter in place mm -hmm. for the blackout. Which is interesting because unless you're like in another public place, like I've always known and I haven't been through too many blackouts, but I mean, if you're at home, that's where you shelter up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's part. very weird that he decides. I don't know why you didn't I mean, choose a public place, personally. To be fair, from what we understand, from what we learn later on, the blackout is Kevin's fault. Yeah, because... So he wasn't necessarily home at the time that it happens, as no, far as we know. because he does explain early on that um, even though the piece that was written about him was not to necessarily his favor... Uh, he was asked to do uh, to Fourth of July fireworks. Yeah, which it, by the way is weird because according to the cops that Patty and Allison meet later on, it is February. Like I thought, okay, yeah. Fourth of July means that it's somewhere in July, so I figured mm -hmm. the power outage was caused by heat. Yeah, but then later on we find out that That's it's what I February. It was caused by heat. So I'm like, why the fuck is he trying to get a fireworks show going in mm -hmm. February? Yeah, that I. But he doesn't I, seem like the kind of guy that would do things early. Well, at he doesn't all. seem the type of guy that would do things timely either. Well, that's what I mean. But yeah, uh, it's interesting. But the reason for the blackout, we soon find out, is that because technically Neil 
was supposed to help him set up and I guess practice fireworks because I've never done professional fireworks. I'm sure Kevin hasn't either. I'm sure he hasn't. And Neil didn't show up. So ultimately what happened is I guess either one or a couple of the fireworks and ended up shooting into um, a a a power. Yeah, a transformer. They blow up a transformer. Thusly causing the the Worcester power out. Yes. Um, Meanwhile. This is the second time that Neil has pretty much flaked on Kevin. Or uh at least come like this is probably the first time he's genuinely done it. The Halloween episode was when he sort of of got close to. Well, he dips out of the bar, too, because him and the other two go to the bar to celebrate Patty's oh, birthday. Oh, Patty's birthday, yeah, but you're But then right. when he dips out, I no, mean, you're right. that was like my first thought of maybe he's done. Maybe he's tired of hanging out with the, those two. Maybe he's seeing the world for what it is. It is, like yeah. It. No, Neil ha- Neil is having a a coming of age in a weird way. He's he's having a sort of revelation. He's having an epiphany. Yeah. And it's taking several episodes to get there, but he is getting there steadily. But uh, so what Kevin wants to do as he enters, uh, he wants to, because he has to control every room that he's in, he doesn't even really ask. He says, okay, we want to make some food. Do you like, do, uh, I'll make some popcorn and stuff like that. He wants like to that. set up a screener. He wants, like, to, he set wants to set up a screener. screen and have like a... He wants to watch it. Blue Bloods. Yes. I think, which is like funny. Blue Bloods DVDs on his projector. Yeah. Um, but in order to get like these supplies that he needs to get, he goes, despite Sam's protestations, he goes directly to the back room where all this stuff would be held. And the reason Sam doesn't want him there is because Sam's now staying at the diner as like a means of staying overnight because he's Sam having and his marriage are not going well surprise yeah. surprise it wasn't going well last season if i remember correctly well no because technically last season he had the affair with allison well, that... his wife found out it got very bad but i think i mean him even... and his wife were already having problems. i was gonna say even before that because i remember also apparently he's an alcoholic early on i think he's I, me- I think he mentioned that last season well, because he goes to an AA meeting and like Allison goes to support him yeah, I think and then I, his family shows up and mm-hmm. she kind of has to like dip out or something. And that's Sounds the whole like reason that. his wife like finds out about her. But it's uh, one of those things where, all right, we they're driving the point home that he's not having a great home life. Uh, but instead of being supportive and maybe lending a listening ear or maybe even just paying attention to what Sam's saying and don't divulge this to anybody... Kevin takes it upon himself to actually be a life coach. A marriage coach. A marriage marriage counselor. Yeah. Uh, Also, let's note that earlier in this episode, in this particular setup, uh, Kevin is... So Kevin comes in, demands all these things. Sam points out that you don't have electricity. Mm. And that's when Neil points out that they have a generator. Yeah. Now, this is one of the few moments in the show where because everyone else around Kevin is slowly starting to wake up the way Neil woke up, the way Allison woke up Patty is, you know, now they're finally starting to kind of see Kevin for what he is and be a bit more direct about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin is looking for the batteries on the generator. Oh, yeah. uh, which is the reason why Allison and Patty can leave because they decide to go get fuel, yeah. which everyone points out to Kevin is what a generator needs. Yeah. Gasoline. Doesn't mm-hmm. run on batteries, Kev. Runs on gasoline. No. For a second, uh, and I they thought, all agree that he yeah. would die in a disaster. For a second, for whatever reason, I thought that they were going to still, once they found gasoline, if they were going to do that, then Kevin would immediately start it up inside the place, which is the one thing you don't do. Generators are supposed to be left outside due to the fact that they run in gasoline. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, you like never. I would just pass out from carbon yeah, monoxide. Yeah, I was going to say you never run a generator inside. I always it's, thought they did run inside. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Like you just you don't vent them. You just leave them outside. You leave them outside and, and plug stuff in because my family has one, but we've never used it. We've only run it before. I don't know exactly like the process of which to, to which they run, but they're always run outside. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Which makes perfect yeah. sense because you don't want gasoline just flooding the or the fumes flooding the house or anything like that. Now, the need for gasoline gives Allison the perfect opportunity to leave. To so her out. and Patty leave. Mm -hmm. And they. So this is one of the weird instances where Kevin kind of, sort of in a weird backhanded way, almost kind of seems like he actually cares about Allison, but it's probably more about not wanting someone to leave him. Yeah. Because he sort of makes a comment about how, like, oh, I, I shouldn't send, like, two helpless women out until, like, the Worcester night. And mm -hmm. then, you know, Allison, of course, makes some offhanded comment, and Kevin's like, well, then get the fuck out. Yeah. So they leave. Patty's a little confused until Allison explains that it's their opportunity to go to the public department and get the... Or go but meet we the, have to go meet their, their uh, meet their contact for yeah. the public department. Yeah, I cannot think of the name of the building, and I know it has a name. City Hall. That's the one. Yeah, like the city yeah. hall. I thought they were initially going to city hall, but no. Apparently, the contact their point of contact is just at home, because I guess it wouldn't make any sense to meet them at city hall if there's a blackout. Yeah. So uh, they meet the contact well uh, first well, they go yeah. to patty's salon to get money because allison didn't tell kevin a lie to get money yeah. so alice or patty goes to the salon because she has petty cash she gets the money they wind up running into two cops who of course are again a good example of how men tend to dominate women without either realizing it or without mm. really giving a shit yeah. Because despite the fact that both women are like, we don't need you here, we don't want you here, please leave us alone, they insist on taking them to their destination to the point where they're like, get in the damn car. Yeah. So you're like, well, now I have to do it. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I feel like in real life situations where this happens, you always have those people that are like, oh, well, she could have said no. It's like, yeah, she really couldn't. No. Like, she really didn't have the option to say no. No. Like, I know you think it's easy to do, but it's really not. So Patty and uh, Allison wind up getting the cops to drive them to their meetup uh, by saying it's a friend. Yeah. Patty's basically having a panic attack in the car. It, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, having been not for well, any... Well, again, don't forget, these are cops. Well, I was going to say, not for any illegal reason, but uh, having been in the back of a cop car before, it's mm. a very unsettling. I can believe very that. Very unsettling. And I mean, there's no way to get out. Like, they have to open the door for you. It's not they like have you to open can, the like, door for you. Because Patty looks like she's literally ready to just tuck and roll out of the car yeah. <laughs> at, like, any given moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so they finally drop them off. And, you know, it sucks because the women have to basically go up and knock on the door to the point where that's when the cops finally drive off. Because right. they basically, like, stalk them all the way to the door. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we get Rachel Dratch doing a nice uh, cameo. Yeah. She plays the former uh, public... What have... Why can't I think of the name of this goddamn building? The City Hall. It's not City Hall, though. Well, she said, It's like, like whatever we have over there at the, muni the Municipal Center. Is uh, that what yeah. it is? Well, yeah, that would be our city hall. Yeah, so it's a municipal center. Yeah. So it's a woman who used to work there. And she, you know, yeah, Rachel Dratch basically explains about the fact that servant. she's... Yeah, there you go. She's an angry, embittered former civil servant who, you know, obviously got treated by shit by her male peers and was fired by email. Mm. So, you know, in her 
in the way that most of the women act in this show, her rebellion is, again, very passive-aggressive. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. she gives them the keys and sends them on their way, which sucks because they were hoping to get the actual death certificate from her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, I'm not breaking into the the public building. Yeah, she did. She does say, though, that, like, now it's your lucky time because with the power out, nobody's going to suspect you. You'll go in, should be able to get what you need pretty quickly but just be forewarned that did you say like it was a family a family member a relative or something that took the job from her or somebody else yeah she said it was like somebody's nephew or some shit who like couldn't you know didn't really didn't know how to file wasn't good at the job basically so when they finally get into the the room that they're supposed to in city hall the, it's all left in shambles so now they have a new task ahead of them yes. a lot more they're, they're, they it seems as though Whenever they both go on a mission, and I guess this is, in a sense, kind of like, a, to me, a comedic angle, even though they're not in the comedy world, it's like they always have their work cut out for them. Yes. No and matter th- what they do. I think that's one of the few things that I will say the show does well, which yeah. is the idea of, like, you know, when you go to the sitcom world and things go bad, it's funny. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the dramedy world and things go bad, it's kind of funny, but not. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Allison and and Patty wind up in a perfect sitcom situation. Mm-hmm. They are at a building that has no power. There's an invisible clock basically running to yeah. when the power will come on. They have no idea when. So they're in a hurry to find these documents that are filed away in God knows what order. Mm-hmm. But because it's a dramedy and because this is the drama part of it, there's no real humor involved. And it's the idea of Allison kind of having her own breakdown where she kind of realizes that, like, you know, Patty Patty is weirdly reluctant. Uh, well, not, not really weirdly reluctant. She's been pretty reluctant ever since the whole thing with Neil. Mm. Uh, so Patty is kind of a bit of a nar- or pessimist on this one. Mm. She's, like, you know, not really hopeful. And I think in this case, Allison really kind of pulls ahead and says, like, no, no, no. Like, we need to just, we need to buckle down and get this done because I don't want to be the person that continually flakes well, that and she gets she, very mad, she at gets mad at herself, but I think also she makes it a point where she's like, which I guess in a sense that emboldens her, and that's a good thing if you want to get something done, especially the illegal shit that they've been doing. Mm. Is like her whole thing is don't think about it, just do. Yes, because the moment you think about something, everything just tends to get ten times worse yeah. in the long run. And I mean, this might also be the result of the article. And, and you know bringing yeah. up these sores that Allison has about or sore spots that Allison has about the life she could have had you know apparently she was I guess Olympic level good swimmer uh, well yeah I, I mean, mean they say good. she was a very good swimmer yeah. so my guess is she could have at least gone to a college scholarship on it or yeah. something I, well I think that's what if I remember correctly that's what the reporter the said reporter, she's like oh you yeah. could have actually gotten out yeah. Um, so I think for Allison, it's one of those situations, which I, a lot of people can relate to. A lot, Everybody has that situation in their life where they're like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. Yeah. Could have been a contender. Pretty much. I was just about yeah, to Yeah, everybody wants the, to go. Uh, <laughs> you have to. The raging bull. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, they... Allison gets her win. She gets the uh, she gets the death certificate. The alarm goes off as they're trying to leave because Patty is basically trying to say like you're not a screw up, mm. uh, you know. Because if you're a screw up, then what does that make me? Because I'm always trying to like follow your your really? help you basically on all these things. Yeah. And so of course her little impassioned speech leads to them running out of time. The alarm goes off. They leave. Mm. There are absolutely no consequences. 
Back at the diner, however, mm. things have gotten a bit dark, which well, is nice yeah. because you have now a little bit of the drama seeping into the sitcom, mm-hmm. uh, where it's still played off for laughs, but it's a much darker situation. Well, because Kevin questions everybody. Yes, Kevin has this. Oh, so the generator, the generator has gone, has gone missing. missing, and Kevin is extremely paranoid that one of the people in the diner has taken it. So he takes it upon himself to become detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically a, what is it, murder on the Orient Express situation. Yeah. He interviews everybody. In the meantime, he's still trying to give Sam marriage advice, which is just the worst possible things you could tell somebody. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah. it comes to, like, during the process of this, it comes out that, one, Kevin is the one who blew out the generator and caused the power outage, which mm-hmm. Kevin, of course, blames on Neil. Because yeah. Kevin does not take responsibility for his actions. Yeah, but he also accuses Neil of... That's... Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, second, it comes out that Kevin hid... Yeah, hid Lorraine's uh, hearing aid. Yeah. Which the father doesn't appreciate. No. Um, and then finally, yes, Kevin concludes that the only one who could have stolen his generator was Neil. Mm-hmm. Now, for Neil, this almost seems, well, not almost, this is pretty much the last straw for him. Well, yeah. Because he has been loyal to Kevin for most of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one time he kind of flakes on Kevin, Kevin turns around and accuses him of this crime. Mm-hmm. So Neil storms out. Diane follows. Uh, they exist in the, the dramedy world and start making out. Um, well, at first it's funny because... It looks like because... Well, I, Neil goes to punch a wall and it doesn't go well. Well, I, I mean, I've seen that before. Like, it, it's kind of a joke that it's not common, but I've seen it enough times. Um, but it's one of those things where once Neil, uh, Kevin becomes accusatory, uh, outright fingers... I shouldn't say finger, but I mean, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's technically no, the No, I term get it. It's the old school term. For Neil... Uh, being the thief. Fingers kneel for the crime. Yeah, for the crime, which again sounds it's a ter- crazy. Yeah, it's a terrible term. But um, I at first thought that Neil was just going to go like literally sort of full ape and just strangle <laughs> Kevin because it's, he seemed to have that look in his eye. But maybe it's also because he doesn't have the shaggy hair. Now he has like just the... These oh yeah, he has that weird military shorn. cut. So everything he looks like a fucking marine. Yeah, he, like every look in his eye looks like he's. Mad. Yeah, he does have, and also don't forget that confession or that uh, accusation takes place in sitcom world. Mm-hmm. So you can't have any real consequences in sitcom world. No, and we're true. getting dangerously close to having real consequences because right before the power comes back on, Neil comes back in. Uh, everybody is sort of ganging up against Kevin at this point. They all sort of want to, because Sam's the one who reveals that, that Kevin uh, hid Lorraine's hearing aid. The father's yeah. mad at Kevin. Neil's mad at Kevin. Diane is mad at Kevin. All of a sudden, the power goes on, and almost every instantly, everything is forgiven. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, you know, finds the, uh, the generator, has decided everything is fine, and then leaves... Uh, instructing Sam that he has lopsided floors and that's why the generator was hidden under a table. Yeah. Neil, on the other hand, reveals himself to be rather smart and realizes that Diane's the one who took the generator. Yeah. And Diane reluctantly confesses, realizing that he is a lot smarter than Kevin seems to realize or that anybody realizes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Neil, again, makes uh, makes the sort of 
olive branch offer of like, do you want to get coffee? He does it in a sort of stupid way because, again, I don't think I think him and, and Diane are kind of similar in that way where it's like they've both been put down so much that they're not really comfortable getting back up yet. No, Neil's yet. a little bit more comfortable than she is. So he does kind of make an off. He makes a very roundabout offer for her to join him at Duncan. She misunderstands and clarifies and they go off. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, with just the, the moment that you were just talking about with uh, Neil exiting, just being really pissed at being accused for something he clearly didn't do. And uh, it at first, it looked like he was on the verge of tears, but I guess because also what one could interpret is he is, but the toxic masculinity. Well, yeah, Kevin even comments about that. Yeah. Because when Neil comes back, Kevin's like, oh, well, now that Neil's done with his tears, uh, Kevin does make a comment about that because everybody's basically demanding that Kevin apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wrongly accused Neil he wrongly accused, or he did the terrible thing to Lorraine. Yeah. And the father demands an apology. Neil demands an apology. Sam demands an apology. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's response is very telling. He says that apologies are like tears. Everyone sheds them except for real men. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at his father and goes, my father taught me that. And yeah. the father is like, I never said that. Yeah. Which, who knows? It, it might yeah. be very possible that the father did, in fact, say that maybe just regrets it because now Probably. he's starting to see what happened. Yeah. But it is a very telling line in the sense where that, that was the line where I'm like, that's what Kevin is. Yeah. Kevin is the embodiment of toxicity. Mm-hmm. And but, that is why the sitcom is used because sitcoms have been used for years to sort of laugh off. Mm-hmm. Toxic toxicity, especially masculine, yeah. like male toxicity. But instead of crying outside in the real world, Neil takes the automatic approach of anger and punches the brick wall, which obviously only hurts him. Only going to hurt himself. Yep. But then Diane comes out to see if he's okay because she's clearly he's not. He, no. And so, in a very impulsive move, maybe it's just all the adrenaline that he has coursing through him at this point but he immediately just kisses diane which i wasn't i can't say that i was exactly i wasn't too surprised surprised. i mean again it's you know if you look at it from a very base level it's one woman in his whole life that's being nice to him Mm -hmm. like again for what we know about neil so far in the series he has never had a girlfriend he's never had a wife Mm-hmm. We don't know that he's ever had any kind of girl be nice to him or pay attention to him. And, you know, previous to his epiphany, he probably treated any women that he was around the way that all the men around him treated them, which mm-hmm. is basically like objects. Yeah. You know, for the father's uh, weird comment about like, oh, I never said that about the tears. He does seem to put up with Lorraine pretty well in terms of like her weird personality. But he does say that the whole reason he likes her so much is because she's great at sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay, so you're not 100% like no, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're definitely starting to see the light, but you're definitely still no, he's a got, piece he's of got shit. Miles to go. Yeah, he's got like miles to go before he wakes. But the episode basically ends. I mean, now Allison kind of happy with what she got initially which for her is almost kind of like a rarity she gets a win she gets a win an easy win she goes to back to the diner once everybody's cleared out and well she says her goodbyes to patty she says her goodbyes to patty 
uh, and she goes, I guess she really wants to leave something off with a, the final, a finality to Yeah, I'm not really sure Sam. why she goes back to Sam. I think it's just to maybe say, like, look, I'm sorry for the person that I've been. I've realized that I've probably one of those things, but before she could really kind of cut to the chase, he gets there before her and says, like, look, uh, I've spent enough time with your husband and he sucks. <laughs> He's terrible. And, and some of the things he said about marriage I have done in my own. Yeah, so, I mean, he does, he is admitting that, like, maybe he's not the best person at this time but he does say that like i shouldn't have we shouldn't have ended things in terms of professionally i shouldn't have fired you the way that i did i want you to come again work back at the diner yeah uh, but now it's an interesting thing because not only it does allison have an uh, an official out but also she has somebody that she likes that is calling her back. So I don't know with the next three episodes how that's going to play out. Yes, because she ends up kissing him. Yeah. And then he, mean, he wants to give in, but she pushes away because she realizes like she's just, you know, getting back into her old habits. Yeah. She winds up and then the episode ends with her crying in his arms, yeah. which I was I did not like because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why are you crying? You yeah. won tonight. Like everything, everything came up Millhouse for you. Yeah. I mean, maybe because she's like actually just a self-actualization, like I'm not a good person. And uh, like just that action of pulling him in for a kiss and then immediately sort of saying like in so many in much less like more of a, a physical way, not a verbal way. Like I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. Maybe she's realizing that she's not necessarily a great person and maybe that self-actualization is hurting her i mean something like that if that's a breakthrough of any sort on her part that's got a sting mm, i feel like you're giving her way too much credit but i don't know maybe i am i mean it's possible it's possible that she's just crying because she realizes that now she has an official out and she wants to leave and here's sam finally giving her the thing she wants yeah and she's like well I, oh and let's not forget that technically allison doesn't know that Sam's marriage is back on the rocks and that he's sleeping at the diner. Yeah. No, she, she wasn't around for any of that. No. She, she didn't know. find out about it. Nobody told her about it. So as far as she knows, Sam is still with yeah. his, his, his wife. wife. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Because Sam saying. is like such a uh, yeah. sex-neutral name. It's like, yeah. ah. But yeah, so, you know, she has no idea that the relationship is rocky and possibly not going well. Although we do see in the preview for the next episode that... I'm guessing that Sam's wife that throws a rock at uh, Allison's car that. window. Yeah, I could see that. I was wondering who that was. Because I have a feeling now that Sam and Allison are back in good graces, they're definitely going to start banging yeah. again. But uh, just ending this episode off, just the podcast episode, there are a few things that you said as we were watching the episode, which kind of... Oh, that's what did he do? I think he got hit by a ball yeah. uh, but I was going to say that hit uh, kind of hard to me which might be true because you're trying to now uh, kind of figure out what might happen in the end and you said it a couple of times uh, where somebody would die maybe Patty would die I really hope it's Allison maybe Allison would I die I really want it to be now Allison you mentioned maybe Neil maybe Neil because be again one. it is an AMC show and mm -hmm. AMC shows have proven to us that anyone who's sort of tries to grow as a person is generally doomed 
So I have a feeling Patty and Neil might be genuinely fucked. But, or maybe mm. Neil will run away with Diane. Could be. Because technically Diane does warn him that her husband has a sh- uh, sawed off. off. Yeah. But we do see in the in the preview for the next episode that Neil and Patty are very clearly in an affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean you mean Neil and whatever? Diane. Yeah, Neil and Patty are. That, that, not I, was bad. Gonna, I was gonna say that'd be a whole different show. Neil and like, I, I fucking hate these names. I, Neil I and Diane. It, I, I mean, it. at least they're different enough. Yeah. It's not like a fucking John Steinbeck book. Well, I was gonna say, but I mean, Patty and Tammy, I would interchange those just by accident. It's the Y's. It is. It's the, the Y endings. But the the thing is that I think, and we'll just end off with this. I would like to know uh, because there's only three more episodes left. Do you see yourself just being able to not, I'm not going to say not write off the show, because, I mean, we already know, you've made it very explicit, your oh, thoughts no, this on show the show. Sucks. But, I mean, the thing is, because an ending is in sight, there's, a, to you, a light at the end of that tunnel. It's the whole reason I agreed to do this. Do you think that, like, these next three episodes, you would be slightly more invested in because there is an end to it, or does it really not matter? I think these next three episodes will be a little bit better because mm-hmm. they only have three left. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the nice thing about a short series, short season is that you have, by definition, you have to move fast at some point. You, do. you have no choice. That's so true. if you're going to take your time in the beginning of the season, that mm-hmm. means you have to speed the fuck up at the end. Yep. Unless you plan on, like, dragging it out, like, for years and years. And they can't do that because, luckily, this is their final season. Yeah. So whereas the first season kind of didn't really pick up until maybe the last, I think, two or three episodes, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, this season is probably going to do the same except at a much more breakneck pace. So mm-hmm. this episode is a pretty good example of that because a lot happens in this episode. Yeah. Like, you know... You have a lot more consequences showing up for Kevin. Mm -hmm. You have the sitcom world starting to sort of seep into the dramedy world and vice versa. You have uh, Allison's plan is becoming more solid. You have her reconciliation with Sam. You have Patty and Tammy's situation starting to get more complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, you have all these balls that you're juggling in the air and they've all got to fall. So now we we get to see where they rain down. I agree. So I do feel like the nice thing about it being a final season is that it will be at least interesting. Mm-hmm. I will I not enjoy the, se- the mm-hmm. series as a whole, and I will definitely say it sucked and I wish it never existed, but I can watch it probably. Okay. That's Tolerably. all I wanted to know. Vaguely. So with that, is Norton out? Norton's out. Okay. Kajaski's out as well, and we will see you again next episode.